What's going on, everybody? This is episode four. I have my man Saduk here with me today, but we're going to do a little something different. So usually every podcast episode, I try to give uh, a mission throughout the podcast. But this week, we're going to start doing where I name a couple of the floors, what they're currently sitting at, and a couple of recent sales. Reason why I wanted to do this was simply because as I go forward doing the podcast, there will be more and more episodes, and it would be nice to be at let's say uh, episode 100 and be able to look back at what a floor was for something else. So, I mean, right now we have Bored Apes sitting at 51. Um, cool Catch was around 7.5. Doodles was at 2 picks, which is pretty undervalued, I believe. And Creatures is sitting at 1.5. Credit, give or take a little bit because this is uh, written the night before. I know we have Punk 9684 was bought for 151.5 ETH. It was a handlebar plus uh, 3D glasses. We have uh, BAYC 6709 was bought for 100 ETH. It was a spacesuit and holographic eyes. And we actually have a Cool Cat 3505 was bought for 12 ETH. That was a classy one with uh, on the topic of Cool Cats, we actually have Psyduck, Mr. One of One Cool Cat. How you, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. So, hey, no problem, man. So, I guess most people should know you, but for those who don't, I mean, let us know who you are a little bit. We know that you have, if you don't, he has one of the one of one cool cast, and he has some other great things in this collection. Um, you know, want to tell us a little bit of something? Yeah, sure. So, um, I own the Demon One of One Cool Cat. I own um, 96 others, so 97 total cool cats. I uh, got into the space about February this year, starting with CryptoPunks. Pretty was pretty active in the server, um, mm. and yeah, I have dabbled in a lot of projects since then, and um, just super interested in the space. Still learning a lot, um, but yeah, it's crazy how far we've come since then. I'm not gonna lie, man. I didn't. So, do you have any CryptoPunks right now? Hopefully, I'm not throwing any. No, no I don't. I don't have any right now. I actually sold. sold I sold them all. Um, no salt on the moon. You know, I think um, I sold them for a profit. Most of them, so profits profit, and that's always great. Um, but no, I don't. I don't own any punks right now. Man, so um, I did. I did take some notes on Saduk, and uh, he's aware. Right now, he is uh, sitting pretty strong on sandbox land. He has 144. Um, like he said, 97 cool cats. He does have the uh, demon, devil, whatever uh, some people prefer to call it, uh, a cat. You would say anniversary of him buying it. He bought it back on uh, August 7th. He bought it from a guy named Lidoff who won it in a, I believe it was like a giveaway. Mm -hmm. And uh, three days later, he sold it to Psyduck for 80 ETH, which was a great purchase. The one-on-ones continue to go up. I mean, um, he has 93 Cyber Kong VX. 53 Littles, which is a, a new project that a lot of people are going for, and even 17 Cryptodes. So, I mean, are there any projects that you're currently, I guess, looking hindsight? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always a lot, right? There's always, there's always something I wish I was in. Um, I think, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, stuff I was in, or something I wish I had more of. Um, I always wish I had more cats. 
I think I do have some regret about selling punks. Um, stuff I did wish I wish I had more art art blocks. Um, so you know I've I have some art blocks, very few, um, but I never got like really deep into it. So I wish I had more of those. Um, I, I tend to dabble more in PFP projects rather than like generative art. Um, and then, yeah, I guess um, I'm sure some more will come to me, but right now I can't think of any. Um, I've either sold them off like ones that <laughs> I, um, again, like there's, there's never like any, any you know, uh, foul or anything or bad, right. you know, bad feelings. It's more just like, it's actually my, my biggest bottleneck is my time, which is keeping up with a lot of projects is difficult. And so selling them is a way for me to kind of let go of them and, you know, not have to worry about them as much um, and just kind of get them off my brain. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I, I, I deal with that. It's interesting. You said uh, a couple of the things in that that you said. I was looking at your Twitter and Sadek has a, a kind of large following. And I noticed that you were asking people kind of what they wanted to like see you talk about. Yeah. It was uh, NFT photography. I saw a lot of people talk about that and the sandbox metaverse. And I'm actually glad that you own a lot of sandbox land because that's something that later on in the episode we'll talk about. But um, right now, NFT photography, I believe you said you didn't have tons of it. Um, you might have some of it. Is there anybody in particular mm -hmm. that you are looking to grab or you just really want to dabble into NFT photography like as a whole in general? Yeah, definitely as a whole in general, um, I do want to dabble more in it. I think photography as a medium is is super interesting. Um, it's just so different than the rest, right? Which are like, say 2D or even 3D artwork. Um, photography can just, it just captures things on a whole different level because obviously of the medium, it's a photo. Um, so as far as what I own, I do own three um, drifts. So from the, uh, from the collection of where my yeah, vans are, uh, sorry, where my vans go. Um, I go, I own three of them. Um, so that's cool. That's that's probably like the best of the best. I did own, um, I did own one Twin Flames from uh, from Justin Eversano, um, but I sold that a while ago. Um, I own a Declan. Actually, I think I own a, a few. Of the, uh, I forgot what the project name is, but the artist is Declan or the photographer. That's his name. Um, I also own. I feel like I, I should own more, but again, so many, so many projects that it's not coming to the top of my head. Um, I've been looking at Dave Krugman, uh, of ones I, I want to acquire that I don't own today. Um, I've also been looking at, um, what's her name? I think Kath, um, Kath Samard. Um, I really like her work as well, and I don't own any. Um, so there's a bunch, and I think um, yeah, I think just as a medium, uh, photography is still relatively untapped. I think there's a lot to be discovered there, and I think um, it's yeah, it's a it's like a growing space. I mean, I think one of ones in general too, or is something that I haven't dabbled too much in myself. Like I said, I mostly dabble in like um, you know PFP projects that have like thousands in the project. I don't really dabble too too much in one of ones. I do own some, but not a lot. No, that's, I mean, it's, that's why I like having people of like yourself on here because some of the photography, 
photography people that you named i honestly have never heard of so being able to you know know who these people are anybody listening in being able to hear these names and being able to go check them out like he said drift uh i think him on twitter is drifter shoots um twin flames there's a lot of photography i mean and they don't even necessarily have to be some of these huge name people there's people that really i mean who are small just now getting their names out here so i, I do highly suggest checking out photography great medium um other than profile pictures and photography what else would you say is is out there i guess you would say like gaming like gamifying nfts yeah yeah like full-on gaming right like there's um and i don't mean like play to earn games that are hot as of late but i mean like sandbox as an example you know like not just the land either but the the items or the avatars, you know, um, there's other games like Ember Sword that are still early in development. Um, there's a lot of like big-ish box games that are more on the AAA and bigger budget that are still in development because they take a long time yeah. to make and the space has just is just getting started. So um, I think that's an upcoming uh, cycle that we'll see more of is the emerging of like you know, big box, big budget gaming with with crypto, basically, um, and that's just starting up. You know, I think there's an announcement today with, with uh, Ubisoft who are uh, releasing their own NFTs for an upcoming release as well. So um, it's coming, it's coming, uh, and that's one area beyond uh, you know, like PFPs and stuff. Yeah. I think land is another interesting one. We we just talked about that a little bit. Um, I think that there's other mediums like music, which, you know, I've started to dabble into and looking into as well. But, you know, even OG, there's Euler Beats, which are one of the first ones that started doing that kind of stuff. Um, what else is there? Um, we talked about like generative work. There's that. Um, man, man, I know yeah. my audio guy is going to kill me, y'all, because I mean, I can... <laughs> I can hear my my episode like cutting in and out. So just to let y'all know, after this episode, um, that should no longer be a problem. Uh, we will be fixing that hopefully here on out. So I apologize for that. But as you say all that, we talk about the different, um, whether it be photography, uh, profile pictures. As a, I would call yourself a collector. As a collector and investor, uh, NFT enthusiast even, how would you i guess for everybody listening or anybody in general how would you suggest that they get into the nft space i know that's a kind of hard question to ask someone um but like so photography i know that if i wanted to jump into the nft yeah go pick up go pick up a drift uh photo because you know they're fairly high priced which they should be i mean he puts talent into that but i mean you work your way up to stuff like that so how would you you know comfortably not even comfortably but suggest someone to to get in and where would they start i think um so for people who are looking to start collecting nfts yeah. right i'll definitely be writing more tweets about this too um but some quick thoughts are you know um Follow your heart, which seems corny, but and sounds corny, but um, you know, like veer towards stuff that speaks to you because then if you collect it and even if it doesn't do well in the beginning, um, you'll be happy with it because it's something that 
doesn't need to explode in value overnight. You know, you can wait a little bit because you just generally enjoy owning it as an asset. Um, I think that's important when you first begin. Otherwise, you may get burned because you're chasing the wrong things too soon. Um, I would say definitely take it easy, take it slow, do your research. Um, there's a lot in this space uh, from even just the onboarding and utility and tactical aspects of the crypto world around like safety measures, um, you know, gas, transferring funds, understanding currency and tokens. Um, there's a lot to that alone. And then finally pulling the trigger and evaluating, you know, a project, how do you actually do that? Um, make sure you take the time to do the research, ask questions, follow people who are knowledgeable, you know, immerse yourself in the space so that you feel comfortable and don't regret, you know, doing things that you may not have done if you had taken a little bit more time. No, I think there were some good points. And like you said in the beginning, um, you said it might sound a little corny, but I mean, it's the truth. I mean, there are people from the beginning that, I mean, might have really looked into this, but I have a, I always felt very strongly that some of these most of these people whenever they were buying their projects you know they didn't expect their their art to go to to millions of dollars they didn't think that one day oh my picture of a of an ape or a cat is worth worth more than my car or my house like i mean i mean it, it's it's it does sound yeah. corny but i mean it's it's true a lot of the things sound like that but i mean it's the truth with cool cats i really liked the team i really liked the project so i tried to go all in and that's just i don't know man it whenever you really start to look into something and obviously you should always do your own research regardless who you're following um but i've i've theoretically lost a lot of money or potentially lost out on this or that just because i saw this person and that person buying something and i was like oh or, you know you're just like oh i gotta hurry up and get a piece of that and I mean, I didn't know nothing about the community. You can end up getting rugged that way. I mean, it, like you said, actually looking yeah. into your stuff, looking into the community, that's a that's a big thing. And I, I can't wait to see you tweet more about it because, I mean, that's a big thing <clears throat> that everybody asks me because they're like, hey, man, like, I want an NFT. Like, how do I get in? And I, I guess a big thing people don't understand as well is there's a difference between just owning an NFT and kind of, investing because i mean if you if you want to mm -hmm. watch you can just go buy a, a ten dollar watch or you can just go you know buy a, a cheap watch if you wanted something to invest in you might pick up like a, a yacht master rolex something that will appreciate over time and it's the same with uh nfts if you want to just own an nft yeah i mean you can just go on OpenSea and and find the cheapest nft you want i mean there's no shame in that you own an nft but if you're wanting to actually invest into an NFT, you might who have a strong community. They have uh, gaming coming with them. You might look at something like Meta Heroes, uh, Robotos. They're cheaper, but they have a, um, I believe a, a, a show or something mm -hmm. in the works. So I mean, there's a lot to look mm -hmm. at it. And I mean, even on that note, the Sandbox. Um, I mean, man, you you own 144. I guess they would be called plots of land in Sandbox. Yeah. Okay, so me personally i was late to the party i think sandbox and decentraland are great 
things. A lot of eyes to it as well, which is, you know, great for everybody. Um, when did you buy into Sandbox, if you don't mind me asking? Was it kind of an early thing? Did you see it and saw the potential? Or were you like, okay, I kind of missed the train, but this still has a lot of potential and I can, I can run with this? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I got in around summer, maybe July oh, wow. or August. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I actually owned um, more, but I recently sold some. And so the 144 that I own is actually a 12 by 12. So 12 times 12 is 144 plots, um, which is a quite, wow. which is a big estate. So it's like a, a ton of land. Um, but I recently sold um, two six by sixes actually in a, in a three by three. So I owned a bunch more. Um, but I saw it pretty early on and I just, um, well, so there's two main things that interested me the most about it. Number one is that they were creating a platform, meaning, uh, they're creating a place where other people can come in and build versus like a first party game. Right. So if you're a developer, you can actually make a game on sandbox, make money from it, monetize it, you know, and create a community literally on sandbox um, the way i think about it is almost like a steam you know the, the valve steam which is also a platform where you can launch a game on steam and monetize it and you know build an audience through it um, sandbox is the same thing where you can build a game on sandbox monetize it build an audience and you know kind of own um you they use it as a platform to jump off of right so that to me was huge because that means it's much more scalable it's not dependent on you know, one publisher or game being fun because um, now a lot of different people can build on it and make something fun on their own. And so it's more like, a, again, it's more building blocks, right? Rather than them building a game themselves, they're building, um, they're building the tools to, to allow people to make games. Um, so that is huge. And then second, the second big one was, was the partnerships. Um, so they were, I saw them making partnerships with literally every PFP project, which is kind of how I learned about it. You know, you, you would hear like, oh, we're partnering with Sandbox. Well, we just got some Sandbox land. We're going to be in Sandbox. And yeah. to me, that was a big, um, that was a big reason because it makes it harder for it to fail when, whenever they launch, you know, that there's going to be like hundreds of, of projects um, that are going to be pointing their communities into Sandbox and building for it. Um, and that makes it much more harder for it to fail, right? Because again, um, it just, there's more legs to it. Um, and those were the two big, like, that was my thesis really to it. It looked cool too. The whole voxel thing, um, it, the polish wise looks fine, but those are the two biggest ones for me is that, um, yeah, those two things. So, I mean, me personally, I wish I would have, I would have jumped in sooner because I didn't even know. That you could buy a 12 by 12 every time i go onto the sandbox it's like a little itty bitty square for like three eth and i'm like good lord i know people like you and dingling both had had got a time but that that made me uh really want to ask kind of i'm trying to think from a, a twitter perspective that some of your followers were asking so whenever you go into a project like you have the the 12 by 12 and the 97 cool cats and stuff like that do you go in thinking I should fire heavy or do you just kind of have the mindset of do you ever grab one or two I guess I should say or is it always I need to grab for whatever fact maybe yeah that's a really good question um 
because I guess I am I am somewhat known for buying a lot of yeah. something sometimes when <laughs> I do go into it. Um, it's it 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 differs. It differs based on the project, and it's not gonna. It's usually not right off the bat. Um, like Cool Cats, for instance, I minted. I think I minted forty. But if you actually look at my collection today, um, I'm taking a look right now just to make sure. Uh, most of the cats I own, I actually didn't mint because I sold a lot of the ones I minted original originally, and rebought back in on the way up, which is a really interesting story to tell. Um, I think, I don't know, 20 or so, or 15, so I did. And the rest, I do what I think the outcome could be um, or reward could be. So, for instance, if the cost is really low, like I'll just make this up, but um, if the cost is like 0.02 e something, right? Um, and the project size is big and I think it could go up like quite a lot, um, I might mean a lot because to me, that's a lower cost for me. It's all relative, right? Because, um, you know, obviously my bankroll, my stack is probably larger than the average listener here. But still, it, uh, it's you can apply the the reasoning in a relative way. Um, so then I might buy more if it's if it's really cheap. But if it's expensive, like if the mint is I don't know 0.8 or something, right, or 0.4 or 0.5, um, of course I'm not gonna buy as many right off the bat. I might still buy some if I believe in it. Um, but I'm gonna monitor a lot of it's like monitoring how the market is reacting to it um, and, and that also depends a lot on the project for instance is there a pre-reveal pre period is is it a mint pass um, is there is an instant reveal um, you know it's there's just so many factors and a lot of it is like I'm not gonna lie um, on the spot thinking or decision making around like okay I'm just feeling like this is the right time to acquire more right now um, or vice versa and that's really how I decide. Um, it's, I mean, I know that wasn't really specific, so I'm happy to get more into specifics too, but a lot of it is like cost to reward ratio, um, on the spot thinking and, and like seeing how the market is reacting. I'll probably write a tweet about this later, but um, one, one thing that I look at a lot is just general demand. Um, I mean, this sounds simple and I'm sure everyone knows about this, but supply and demand. So. The reason prices go up is because more people want it than more people are trying to sell it for. Um, but that velocity can be slow, meaning it could go up slowly, or it could be really high, meaning um, a lot of people really want it and not many are selling it. And so the price will, will shoot up, right? Um, and I, I learned this over, like I, I learned this pretty much while I was doing NFTs. You know, you see it in front of your eyes when you click on like the activity tab of a project, for instance, you can see what the demand looks like um, because you see sales and you see listings um, and that's really the supply and demand um, but that's a really good gauge to understand 
what the velocity of a project is at any given time. And that can help you make a decision because if the velocity seems really high, then you may want to pick some up now before it gets even higher really quick, right? Just as an example. So um, that's obviously just, that's another, just one factor that I look at too, is supply and demand as well as velocity of, of that demand. Um, but, you know, again, vice versa, sometimes you might higher when the demand is really if you have conviction in the project. Um, so maybe, you know, again, usually contrarian actions are the best when it comes to investing, meaning you want to sell when everyone's buying, buy when everyone's selling, because um, you'll be in a better position when you do that. So that's, that was a pretty long ramble, but yeah, a little <laughs> bit of like how I think about acquiring, like how I get to owning 50 plus of, of anything sometimes is it might, it's usually because um, it's super cheap and, and so the risk is low for me, but the but the reward is really high, right? Like if it, um, even if we scale down what I just said, like if something costs 0 0.02 and you buy 10 of them costs, or let's say you buy five of them and it costs 0.1, right? Uh, it, costs you, um, it, it, it costs you 0.1, but then um, it's really easy for projects at that price to double or triple even. And so it's, uh, it is relatively easy, obviously, have to watch out and be careful because anything could happen but um yeah that tends to be what happened and again as you look at projects you tend to you tend to notice patterns and and that's one thing i think i did a lot too. i was and still today when i go into projects is finding the patterns and learning from them so that you can apply it next time because every time there's a failure or success you can learn from that and apply it to, to another project like since um, again, this might, this might not be true for every project, but it tends to be true that for projects that have a pre-reveal period, the prices tend to go up up to the reveal period. And then once they reveal, they tend to go down because people like to gamble, right? They like to buy um, stuff maybe because maybe it's, it becomes a rare one or a one of one one, um, but then they see it and people, um, again, it's like a psychological thing, but they tend to be like let down almost no matter what, right? and they want to sell. <laughs> Or they, or they become like scared. And so once you see these patterns though, it's like, it becomes really, again, not easy, but it, it is information and is ammunition for you to make better decisions on versus like blindly just buying or not knowing why you're taking certain actions. You know? 100%, 100%, because that's what happened with um, one of the projects that I like a lot, uh, the Littles. Uh, I had a friend mm -hmm. that was wanting to get in and it was pre-reveal, which I did by pre-reveal, pre which I'm usually against it, but I did it. And, um, mm -hmm. but anyway, the pre-reveal, I was like, you know, this is just me simply wanting to gamble, hoping that I do get a one of one knowing that, you know, post-reveal prices are going to go down. And they did. And, but that's like you said, everybody yeah. wants to do that gamble. It's like a scratch-off ticket. You know, you, you might win the big money. You might not when it comes to minting. Like with Cool Cats, you know, there was nine different chances. Well, I don't, not all nine were in the mint, but there were a couple chances to mint mm -hmm. a legendary cat. And it's funny that you said the um, the supply and demand and the looking at the... Um, anyways, but as you look through your Cool Cats, because I'm looking at your thing right now, you can see where you bought a couple at the same price. You bought a couple at... 0. 0.74, yeah. 0. 0.75, 0. 0.76. And then that would justify why you spent 
80 ETH on um, the Demon Cat, which a lot of people have to remember 80 ETH four months ago was not the same as 80 ETH now. So that's <laughs> a lot of people. Showed exactly. Yeah. I, I guess I'm kind of also a lot of people for that. 40 it's, ETH it's a little bit. Yeah, it, it's still a lot, um, but I mean, yeah, but it, like I buy at a lot of all time high <laughs> and that is like its own, that could be its own topic too. Um, it's a lot higher risk, obviously, because you're literally like the highest last sale, right? Is like, that's terrifying to think about. Um, but I've, I've done it a lot and I think, um, I don't, I haven't really thought about what makes me do that, but I think part of it is that I like owning nice things. But number two is I think, um, one thing to think about is like, I like floors too, because it's a lot easier to deal with floors, right? There's not a lot of like, um, just, there's a lot less gray area because it's the minimum amount that this item yeah. is worth kind of, or this project and this item is worth versus say, take for example, cool cat. If you were to try to evaluate, I don't know, different traits, right? Like a TV head or one or even any of the middle tiers, right? Or matching outfits and costumes, it becomes a lot harder to value them. Um, and it's be it becomes a lot more tricky, right? Because it tends to be, yeah, it tends to be about finding the right buyer or this or that. more subjective. Um, but for me, yeah, I think like when I buy grails or higher end items, I think about, um, uh, it's the same thing. It comes out to multiples, right? Like, okay, this is, uh, I think at the time the, the demon cat, I don't remember actually. I want to say it was maybe 40 or 50 times the floor, whatever the floor was, uh, when I bought the demon cat. So maybe the floor yeah, it was, was like, well it was 40 times. Um, maybe like two, maybe the floor was like two or three and I bought it for 80, right? So it was like 40 times floor, um, 40 times the floor. And so there's, there is thinking, there is that kind of thinking is like how many multiples against the floor. Um, there's also like what, yeah, just what could the value of this be in the future? Um, I think a lot of people when they buy grails too, or when they think about grails, they only think about the the price of the asset itself, but there's actually other, um, there's actually other value to it, like, like the social value, for instance, right? Like people have come to know me as the demon cat. And so I think that that is usually not priced in when people think about that. They just think about the singular asset value, um, which I think is, uh, th that's something, something I thought about, which is, I buy this I might become more well known because I own a rare cat now so I think like there's a lot of facets to again valuing these these things that we trade all day well I, I can I can honestly say that I 100% don't only know you as the, the devil cat but I do you know that is a big part of like who you are you do own it and it's it's crazy the fact that you know Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. Before this podcast, I didn't know that you were a holder of that many cool cats. I didn't know you, um, you have a full admiral suit. That one's a crazy one. So I mean, it is good. And I mean, even looking back, whenever the, whenever it's forty times the floor, the things that sit in your mind is like you said, the supply and demand. There was only at the time nine 
of these cool cats that sat within a 10,000 cat project. So that right there holds its own. So yeah, there's nine, but nine one of ones, which I mean, people get what I'm saying. It's a one of one in this category, which made it a high thing. And I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was one point in time where I believe all nine legendary cats had at least a 100 to 200 bid on it. Cause I think someone went through and put a 150 bid on all legendary cats. So that right there is already not only well above floor at the time, cause the floor was maybe seven to 10 whenever those bids went across the board. But I mean, offering you 150, of course, I mean, you didn't take it. Um, probably didn't even know it was there, but people like you, Andrew Wang, are you, are you feeling the same as Andrew Wang? Are you ever going to sell this cat or is it your forever cat? <laughs> I'm curious. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think everyone has a number. That's my theory uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. So that's what I'll say is like, I definitely have a um, and that number may change over time. Maybe my feelings about it will change over time. Who knows? Um, so I would say I'm definitely not, yeah, I'm definitely not like gonna say this cat's going to the grave with me, like Andrew might. But um, I do think everyone has a number. I do think, um, especially in this space, things move fast and it's really easy. And we probably even see people become fixated on the next thing like really, really quickly. So who knows? Maybe I'll become fixated on something else in the future. Um, I'm not gonna never say never kind of thing. Um, of course, right now, yeah, I love it. It's 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 awesome. I mean, when it comes to the forever thing, I mean, I've always made my cat, uh, my first cat, my forever cat. It's the one I use for my podcast cover, the one that I was known for for the longest. And I'll never forget someone was like, so you would you would never sell that thing. And I was like, no, like, I, I can't. For one, it, it was a gift from Klon. So I, I would never want to, you know, part with that. And the guy was like, what if someone offered Dude, that's life changing. Like, I'm not going to lie, that's life-changing. I would, but... Yeah. Some, sometimes right. you sometimes you think it's like, do you do it or do you do you not? Luckily for me, I was in the position to where I would... I guess I could, I could say I was more knowledgeable than the next person about NFTs, so I felt very, very bullish, which I still do. And thank God now I have three cool cats. But at the time, it was like, dang, is it like just to say like yo you have that bid are you not gonna are you not gonna take it and it's like oh my god but no it is crazy just you know the fact that i mean these these are life-changing they go for a bunch but i'm i'm excited for it all the milk um you know everybody's been on the wind milk um we got so much stuff coming up um one one crazy thing i did want to talk about because i try to throw in a i guess you could say a random fact or something going on in the nft community or nft world before we wrap it up for today, um, most people, if you're on the internet, you know what Wikipedia is. Um, they launched back on uh, January 15th, 2001. And uh, like the first thing they ever typed on there was like, hello world, like a basic command or whatever. Um, Wikipedia is like one of the top 10 most visited websites. Uh, and according to Christie's, um, they're making this NFT and they estimate it to sell between 100 to 150,000. Um, what this NFT is going to be is 
I guess, page for Wikipedia. Um, it, it will be the Hello World page. It's the first ever one they ever put up back in 01. And what you get with this is whoever buys the NFT will be able to edit the page however you want. Or you can revert it to its original form and it can just be like it was. So, I mean, it would be crazy for, you know, someone to buy this NFT and then put a cool cat or a bored ape on there. And it'd be, you know, the first ever Wikipedia pages. This sale will support the WT Social Wells, uh, WT Social and the Wells Alternative Social Media Project, as well as various charities. So it sounds like the money will be going to a good cause. Um, I don't have the date of when this is going to be, um, Put, going to be put up for auction but it will be at christie's so you know i guess people who enjoy that type of uh you know nft or that type of thing it's something to look out for but what i wanted to know about things like this because i talked about in episode one or two you have people like quentin tarantino who are trying to make an nft of pulp fiction the scripts that never aired um, you got people like, obviously now, Wikipedia, who are trying to sell their first ever um, page. What do you what do you think this is going to do for them? You think people are going to start doing this more? Like you might have Nike do their first ever contract agreement. I don't know. You know, if they start for the NFT world, or do you think this is just going to be one of those rare here or there things that big companies kind of do? Um. <clears throat> No, I think this is good. I think this is great for the space. I think um, what drew me into NFTs originally was the art, right? It's so visceral, it's so visual. You can see it, it's beautiful and you own it. You can trade it, you know, it's authentic. You know, it's yours, you know, it'll never be replicated, you know, on the blockchain ever again. And and so NFTs, as in non non fungible tokens, but also smart contracts, um, was perfect to merge with art to get people in and to understand it. But there's actually a lot more applications beyond art, right? For smart contracts and NFTs, and I think that's what our that's what we are seeing starting to see seep into the real world. Is is that is you know a a contract between a digital interaction or asset that can be programmed and transferred um, seamlessly, right, instantly, and without any kind of fraud or, you know, and be authenticated instantly. Um, that is extremely powerful. And um, yeah, and I, 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 this, this is the example I give all the time, but for example, um, like basketball, game tickets right like or, or any sports game tickets um like they're they're digital today like a barcode but they're really static right you just scan it and that's it but what if it was an nft so that it knows it follows with you you know it knows where you can give you special privileges it has a history um you they can instantly send something to it like a meet and greet with a player or or whatever right it can change over time, right? And it can evolve. And it's an NFT, NFT but it's also, um, it's a token, but it's also a smart contract. So it gains you obviously access to games, but it can just give you so much more than that. And to me, that is a good example of going beyond just the art then, right? It's, it's it, it does so much more from a utility aspect. 
And um, I, I'm excited for that because, yeah, I hope that paints a picture of, I think, like what they can do. Um, and it can be applied to so many things, right? Like websites, um, music, as we're seeing, access, um, any kind of digital, yeah, any kind of digital element or item or transaction can be smart contracted um, so that it can be more programmatically exchanged, created, and again, all authentic, no fakes, no fraud, no more scalpers, right? Like, it's like, um, it's just like amazing. And I think it's gonna open up the world in a whole new different way. So I'm excited. And, and that's why I'm sticking around is because I don't think in a, are like a fad. I think, I think they, we, we all got in mostly because of the, um, as the entry point, because again, it was so visceral, so, so cool. And like, just to see these things, but really it's just the tip of the iceberg. Man, I'm not gonna lie, Sada. You have some great points, man. And that's why I like having people like you on here, because I mean, <laughs> like I, like I told the, the dude who helps me with these podcasts, it in every way, I mean, having people on here, whether they have 10 followers or they have thousands of followers or whoever it is, getting input from all sides and just hearing what everyone has, Sylvester, an enthusiast, uh, you know, really in a lot of these big, what people consider blue chip products, I mean, projects. So, I mean, it's been awesome to have you on here, man. And hopefully in the future, maybe in 2022, you can circle back and come on here again and we'll see where you've, you know, how far you've come. Hopefully we got some milk. Cool cats have done some crazy things and maybe you got some more one-on-ones or some photography. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll be, um, yeah, basking in the milk, right? Swimming in it. Man, I'm, I've been ready for that. That's the, that's what I've been banking everything on. I sold all my ENS. I sold, I can't, I think I, I sold a doodle. Um, and I sold some other stuff and I still had to put it with my ETH and I bought my third and final cool cap. But that's because I'm so bullish. I love the community. I love Klon, Elu, Tom, Link, great team. Um, love what they're doing over there. Big shout out to them. But that's all I wanted to say today. Um, I really thank you. Super intelligent. So it was awesome to hear everything you had to say. Hopefully we answered some of your uh, your Twitter people's questions that they had. So, you know, but man, thank you so much, man. And I hope you have a great day, man. Of course. Thank you so much, Sniper, for having me on. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to hit me up, I'm always down to chat on Twitter. It's at high underscore Psyduck. So feel free to hit me up. And yeah, thanks for having Ain't me Ain't no up. problem, man. And before I shut this down, I just wanted to tell everybody anything like that, um, any cut uh, cutoffs, anything like that, any pauses, uh, I apologize. Start next episode. Um, you know, that'll be fixed. Um, it'll probably be a little bit before this is aired, but the big news would be that the next person on here will be Keith Grossman, which is the president for time. Um, that'll be a big episode. So I'll try to fix everything before that episode starts and y'all won't hear any cut throughs for that. But, um, yeah, I hope everyone has a great day and thank you for listening in. See you guys.